Well, we've been talking about position groups for a while, and one of the position groups that's been worrying us is defensive line. So why don't we talk about it and try and make ourselves feel a little better? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy. We're going to talk a little bit about the defensive line rotation today because there's a great article on Bama Online about just that. Uh, it talks about, uh, you know, who they think the starters will be. Um, it, it talks about uh, – it separates them into tiers. Like, not necessarily about the, the starters, but who will get X amount of snaps. So, tier one is 40% snap share. Or more. So uh, the the author of this is Clint Lamb, who does a fantastic job. And he says the two that he thinks will get that percentage or more, 40% or more, are Justin Aboigby and Jaheim Otis. Okay. I'm, I'm, I love both these guys. I love them both. I am worried about Aboigby coming off this injury. I think Jaheim Otis has lost, lost enough weight where I don't worry about his fatigue quite as much. But Forty percent snap share seems like a lot for these two to me. Well, they're bigger, heavier guys. I mean, any three hundred pounder, you're going to worry about them wearing themselves out. I mean, that's why you wrote. You know, Nick Saban famously doesn't sub much, right? A lot of positions, Nick Saban kind of plays his starters, even the offensive line. Uh, he'll play them the whole game, all five, until until he's determined that the game is safely in hand to put in the uh, the backups. But defensive line is different. Uh, Nick Saban has substituted at that spot for a long time. Sometimes you only have about four players you feel really good about. Ideally, you have about six or seven or even eight, ideally. And uh, But the first two, I love that Clint went with, uh, with Otis and, and Aboibi couldn't, couldn't uh, agree more. Now, Luke brings up a good point about Justin Aboibi's health. There has to be a concern because he missed so much last season, didn't uh, fully participate in spring. And by that, I mean held out of some things. But for the most part, he's been a go. The great news, Luke, as I understand it, is he's been a full go all, all fall, participating in scrimmages, goes through all contact, isn't held out to our knowledge. And we have less knowledge than we once did because media can't attend practice. But all based on everything we know, avoid is a full go, which is great. Jaheim Otis is one year improved in, in terms of a player and strength conditioning. I think those two are going to be set to go, and, and, and over over 40% of snaps sounds right to me for those two. I agree beyond those two, it will be a little less because I think almost everyone else is going to play situationally to an extent. But uh, Otis and Aboigby won't leave the, 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 the playing field often, uh, and I'm really excited about both. I think both are NFL players. Boigby's probably not going to get drafted very high, though, because there'll be a lot of concerns, even at the NFL, about the seriousness of his injury suffered a year ago. That may cost him a couple of rounds or even more. He could be what's called red flagged by the league, which means some teams are like, hey, we like this guy and he's a good player, but he's undraftable. We're not going to waste a draft pick on, on a guy that may not be able to, to pass our physicals. Uh, now, now, 
I'm not saying that his health is that bad. To my knowledge, his health is 100% fine. I'm just saying, hey, he's got an injury history. And look what happened with DJ Dale. <clears throat> I'm 100% convinced, Luke, DJ Dale didn't get drafted because of his history of knee surgeries. And, and he was 100% to the point that he played in all the games he could a year ago. He didn't have to miss games because of his knees. But the NFL took one look at how many knee surgeries he had had, and the, both knees had been hurt. And the NFL's like, we're not going to use a draft pick on this guy. Uh, we'll happily bring him in as an undrafted free agent. And the Bills did, and apparently he's doing fine. But uh, I think a boy be could, could face that. But I guess that's a, a topic for postseason. Uh, for, for right now, this topic, Boigby and Otis headline the DL group, agree 100%. They're both good players. Okay, then he goes to tier two, which is between 30 and 40% snap share. Here's what's concerning to me. Gotcha. The two guys that are in it and mm-hmm. the fact there are only two guys in it. <laughs> I, I, I would love yeah. to see more people uh, believed to be viable for this option. The two that he has in it are Tim Smith and Tim Keenan. Um, and I, I'm going to read a little bit of what he said, what Clint Lamb said. He said, landing in tier two isn't a bad thing, but it isn't also isn't really bad. I mean, meaning it's not great either. Uh, it's a respectable, healthy amount of snaps. But a lot of fans were hoping more from Tim Smith in his fourth and likely final season in Tuscaloosa. There's no doubt about it. Um, meanwhile, there's Keenan. Uh, he played at 335 pounds as a freshman. 343 last year and now is listed at 315. That's a pretty big, that's not, look, that's not a hundred percent, a hundred pound weight loss journey. Uh, as Clint Lamb says, like it was for Otis, but losing 28 pounds is a big deal. Um, you know, but, but here's the thing. Tim Keenan is a, a tier two guy here and I'm not trying to downplay Tim Keenan. I wanted to sign him. I loved him. Um, I, I love signing kids like him. But I haven't seen anything that makes me think, I guess from my perspective, I'm looking at it like I'd probably take my chances with a Moncal Goodwine or a James Smith or what, you know, somebody like that, a Jordan Renaud who we'll get to here in just a minute. Um, I just found that uh, that disturbs me a little bit. So that's four guys taking up a lot of snaps and I, we need more depth than that. Yeah, uh, I agree. It would be nicer if there was more bodies in Tier 2. I will say this. I'm, I'm excited about Tim Keenan because for this reason, I hadn't done a whole lot at Alabama until now, and now we're getting this report of, uh, of the weight loss. There is no way those two things are not uh, tied together. Uh, here, here's my theory and what I'm thinking, and, yeah, there's some wish casting here, but I, I think this also makes sense. I'm guessing as Tim Keenan lost that bad weight, He's a different dude, a different player. There's quickness now. There's some athleticism there. Tim Keenan also a year removed. Let's remember, he had a bad knee injury his senior year of high school. I think we're just now seeing a healthy and in shape Tim Keenan. And let me t- these real heavy dudes, the big jumbo guys, let's say you tear your ACL and you can't play full speed for nine or ten months. How big do you get, right? So – I think with Keenan, it's being healthy and now healthy enough to where he can perform to the extent that weight falls off. And I, I think we have all new Tim Keenan, Tim Smith, different situation. Two things here, you know, Nick Saban has even sort of called him out in a press conference or two, basically saying he's not consistent enough. Then we hear reports that he didn't start the scrimmage with the ones. 
here's what I think. I know some people's reaction from that will be, man, Tim Smith has been benched. I, I don't look at it that way at all. I, I think I think Tim Smith is being motivated. I think messages are being sent that, hey, your spot in the lineup isn't 100% secure. You don't own it. We'll take that from you. And B, we need you to stop being good and start being great. Tim Smith has been a good player. He's the type of player that gets very unappreciated because he plays, but he's not a star. And because he's not a star and he does play, everyone knows who he is and nobody thinks he's great. And he hasn't been great. But here's the deal. I talked about it uh, on our show very recently. People make a big deal of Georgia's defensive tackle, Nazir Stackhouse, and they should. He is a good player, and I think he's got a pro future, and I think he's one of the better defensive linemen in the SEC. I agree. But the fact of the matter is he's the same age as Tim Smith. He's the same size as Tim Smith. He came into the SEC at the same time Tim Smith did. And to this point in their careers, Tim Smith has more tackles, more tackles for loss, and more sacks than Nazir Stackhouse. I I think Tim Smith has frustrated people because he hasn't been great. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't been good. So I'm, I'm hoping that Nick Saban kind of calling him out and maybe not starting him as a scrimmage has sent a message and senior year Tim Smith is now getting it because he, he is a good player. He can be the best defensive lineman on this team. And I think a lot of what Nick Saban's doing to him is trying to get that out of him. You can be the best one in this group, but it's now or never, buddy. We're going to talk about tier three after I tell you about eBay Motors. You know, I love eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with the eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Just Like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. The rest of this week, Jimmy, we're going to be probably talking some practice. We got um, Nick Saban will be up talking about practice tomorrow, so that'll give us a lot to de- decipher and decode. Um, but let's get into tier three of this defensive line. Look, I'm going to tell you, like, for me, I mean, maybe, maybe running back room, maybe wide receiver room. I mean, I love all that talk, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old school. A defensive line gets me fired up. I feel like if we got a def- good defensive line, we can do anything. Good quarterback, right. good defensive line, we can do anything. So I'm really excited about the possibility for some of these guys. But at the same time, I'm getting a little depressed but just by reading this. And I, I shouldn't be, but I am. Tier three is between 20 and 30% snap share. And that's Jamarian Latham, Damon Payne Jr., and James Smith. Uh, I'll read a little bit about each one of these right. from Lamb. He said, Smith is an ultra-talented defensive lineman, and I'm expecting him to come on as the season progresses. That might not come till later in the year, though. He said, I'm also confident in Latham and Payne at least falling somewhere in this range. Latham lost weight this offseason. He went from 6'3", 278, excuse me, down to 275. That's not a bunch, um, but I really thought he'd go in the other direction, and so did Clint Lamb. That's what I mean. 
Uh, Marlon Davidson at Auburn in Steele's defense, as Clint points out, was 6'3", 278. So he did a good job with Marlon Davidson there. I don't know that that I would put uh, Latham in the Marlon Davidson category just yet, though. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think you can play it that way, but you got to have a little something extra. Uh, and then he talks about Payne as another intriguing option. Uh, outside of the Mississippi State and Austin P games, the third-year defensive lineman seldomly played. In fact, 61 of his 86 snaps came in just those two contests last year. That is a little frightening to me. Well, first of all, I like all three of these guys, and I would definitely include them in that list. Both uh, all, Payne and Latham played first-team snaps last year. They probably had an even smaller snap share than that uh, 20 to 30% number. I think it was a little smaller, but they both played with the first team, and now they're a year older, a year better. To me, they're situational rotational players. And by that, I mean, I think Latham is a pretty good interior pass rusher, especially at that size, about 275, 278. Uh, You put him inside on the third and tenth. You know, when you're kind of expecting the other team is probably going to throw it. They might run it, so you better have a bigger body out there, but we're expecting them to throw it, so you want your interior pass rushers in. I think Latham's good in that role. Whereas Payne is the opposite. Payne's the guy you want in there when uh, when you got to go big. You got to be a little bigger. You got to be a little more stout up front. I think Payne there. Now, James Smith, you want to play him because he looks like the most gifted player in the entire room, and he's got to gain some experience. Here's one weird thing about James Smith, and this isn't alarming at all. It's probably fairly normal, but uh, it just seems that James Smith's arrival in the spring was a little bit noisier than the fall camp has been. So, uh, Maybe uh, maybe he's getting a little overwhelmed now that it's getting to be about no more dress rehearsal. It's just about time to for the Broadway lights to come on, and, and it's it's just about time for the show. And maybe that's it. But I, I just get the sense that that it's been not quite as uh, as impactful for James Smith this fall. But I 100% expect him to play with the first team at least some snaps. One slight disagreement I have with Clint that hardly ever happens. We often share the same brain on on everything, but. But one slight disagreement, I would have included, based on uh, conversations with sources in terms of who's, who's done well, I would have included Monkel Goodwine in that group because I think Goodwine, we're going to see him as much as we see Payne and Latham and Smith. And in terms of a guy having a good fall camp that's sort of making a move, I think it's Goodwine. And that's a great news because let me tell you, athletically, he's probably as good as anybody in the room. I mean, in terms of, like, who in that defensive line room is an athlete? I, I would almost start with Monkel. So this is good news that the light may be coming on. It's, hey, I know it's a defensive line and not offensive line, but the development is similar. It takes a hot minute. It, it, you can't just go to high school and then the next year play at the line of scrimmage in the SEC with men that have been in strength and conditioning programs for two, three, and four years. It takes a minute. And uh, it looks like Goodwine uh, might be rounding a corner. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the three that he says are they're next up on the list: uh, Monkel Goodwine, Anquan Barnes, and Jordan Renaud. Jordan Renaud is a guy that's come in and he's making some waves. I'm told uh, that he's looking pretty doggone good. Anquan Barnes is a guy that, again, I was dying to sign him. Um, you know, from the Montgomery area, in-state kid, big, strong. Thought he'd made a move by now, but it, it just hadn't happened. I'm hoping he does now. Another situational guy to me, Barnes, like Payne, like Keenan. When you need to be big, 
Barnes is your guy. Excuse, he's got the biggest chest. He, he's like a he looks like a coke machine. I mean, th- this guy is just huge. Uh, now Jordan Renaud is interesting. Uh, I understand of the of true freshman, he's been just behind James Smith in terms of making an early, uh, uh, you know, gaining attention and playing well. Here's what's kind of weird. One source, uh, you know, watched a scrimmage said he played with the ones. Uh, another source uh, said he didn't. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure he was out there. But uh, Renaud uh, it has a very, very bright future. He was a guy that probably needed to gain some size before he played. So I'm not 100% sure we see Renaud in more than four games this fall. It might be a red shirt for him because he's showing up, you know, in the 270 range. And he's a guy they think is going to play in, in, in the 290s for sure. All right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, coaches all-SEC team and then just a little recruiting. And we're back. So coaches all SEC team is out. Um, first team in terms of Bammers. Uh, scrolling back up here. Uh, J.C. Latham, of course, makes it. That's the only offensive first teamer. And that I can see that. Uh, linebacker uh, Dallas Turner's on there. Kool-Aid McKinstry's on there. And uh, the kicker is uh, Will Reichert and the return man, um, it returned specialist, I guess, is Kool-Aid. So really only four total first teamers, which is a little low for the Saban era. Lower than, when you lower the most here, but it's a good number. It is a great number, but it's low for Saban years. Georgia, meanwhile, has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine on the first team. On the first that team. It like, does sound like old school Alabama and, and, and roles have flipped a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they've won two national championships in a row and yeah, they, recruit, they recruit side by side with us. Those saying that they recruit better than us is that, that those are people only paying attention to today's headline. We signed a better group than George did uh, in, in the last cycle. So, uh, but we do recruit what I would call side by side. I mean, uh, that we, we don't recruit any better, any worse than they do. They're, they're, they're good. We, we could have had a couple more, First team guys in my mind, Luke, I think Tyler Booker to me is a first team all SEC guy. Uh, and that's just one. I think we have a couple others. I'm confident are gonna play like all SEC players like Seth McLaughlin, like Deontay Lawson, Caleb Dow. Who? Jaheim Otis. Jaheim Otis. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh best defensive lineman on our team, in my opinion. Uh so we, we have a few that can play like it, but uh I'm not I, I don't think Alabama fans should feel uh, short short changed by those four. Deserve it certainly, and uh, I, again, I think Booker's got the best case to be the fifth guy. Myself on the second team, they do have Jace McClellan. They do have Jermaine Burton. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jermaine Burton will not be Alabama's best receiver this year. So I, mean, I don't know if that's much of a limb. I just some people may totally agree and think that's stupid but i've seen him now on two all sec teams on the second team i think and uh, i don't think he'll end up being alabama's best receiver tyler booker makes it uh jaheim otis and justin aboygby both make it and malachi moore makes it on the second team as just a side note for me chris abrams drain from down there at spanish fort makes it for missouri uh an alabama kid doing good so i'm, I'm happy for him neelan hibbett makes it as the long snapper Boy, how would you like to be the guy that has to judge the third-team long snapper? Because we're getting through the third team now. And here's something that's interesting to me. Will Rogers, who may set a ton of SEC records, he's the third-team quarterback. The first two are Jaden Daniels and K.J. Jefferson. I get it. I totally get it. But I'm just saying I find that a little interesting. Then um, 
this kudos, kudos to whoever watched film of the long snappers and coming up with that list. Exactly. Uh, then Tim Smith is third team, as well as Ja'Cory Brooks. And let's see, Chris Braswell makes it as well. And I'm going to tell you something. They don't have him on here. Our punter is going to be all SEC something. I mean, if he keeps punting like he did the other day. So, uh, yeah, I feel like he will be okay. Um, so, Jimmy, I, I mean, nothing really uh, – these preseason all-SEC lists are – I mean, why we do three teams of preseason all-SEC boggles my mind. I mean, that is just beyond – we don't need that much. That is sort of the, you know, getting a participation trophy. Sort of turns me off of the whole thing, to be honest. I get upset about it. I'm not going to watch football anymore. If you got a third team on there, I don't even want to read your first team. I mean, third team <laughs> – Third team, preseason. And, I mean, I, it's all to generate interest. And I like the fact that the kids get attention, the kids that are on it, or, you know, what is Nick Nick calls it, self-gratification. Uh, that's fine. I, I, I'm just saying, just, to me, it's like the here, – here's what sets me off, Luke. Things like the Buckus Award watch list. Yeah. There'll be 100 names on it, which is great. And I guess everybody that has a, a kid gets to – you know, put out a press release. Hey, we made the Buckus watch list, but there's a hundred kids on it and you don't have to be on it to win the award. Yeah. That's stupid. It, that's the one, that's the part that I, Hey, if you're naming five, if you're saying the Buckus watch, the Buckus winner will come from this list. Then I'm going to read that list. I don't care if there's a hundred names on it, but when you can still eligible to win it and you're not on the list, then what the heck is the list for? To me, it's just like, I don't know, uh, Hallmark cards for made up holidays. Yeah, it really is sort of like, we're going to watch these. Now, if somebody wants to come tell us about somebody else, okay, we'll listen, but we're going to watch these. And, and I mean, you're right. It is a little disingenuous. Okay, so recruiting-wise, he hadn't pulled the trigger yet, but if uh, Edric Houston uh, commits to Alabama, it would be uh, the upset of the century. So we assume he went to Ohio State. I think he's – I wouldn't go that far, but, yeah. I mean, our, our prediction at BOL is Ohio State for him. But two things. It's not over. He may still visit Tuscaloosa this fall. He's got a lot of teammates uh, in Tuscaloosa. So this is one that's still bears. Well, he just, the, the just now, just now committed to Ohio State. Just now. So we weren't wrong again. There I am. Being right all the time. Um, <laughs> good so, average. But how about Daniel Hill? I'm sure you why don't you tell the audience about the Daniel Hill situation. Daniel Hill has postponed his commitment, which – we have de decided is a good thing because it sounded like it was trending to South Kakalaki and it's really down to Alabama and South Kakalaki. So, you know, and look, and for anybody going, when, how, why is that a decision? What's the big deal? South Carolina is recruiting very, very well. And here's yeah. the other thing. They can sell playing time. That's not exactly what we sell. We sell a bunch of other stuff, but they're, we don't sell that. They're recruiting so well. This it really shouldn't be a shock. I mean, I mean, I agree. Two seasons ago, two cycles ago, five years ago, you'd go South Carolina's going to beat Alabama for a player. But this cycle, uh, and again, I'm not dissing Alabama. I'm not giving a nod to South Carolina. They're, 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 they, they sound the top edge pass rusher in the whole country is committed to them in this cycle. And they got Nicholas Harbor, who was a five-star plus in the last cycle. Uh, they're recruiting really well. But Daniel Hill, I like Daniel Hill a lot. Uh, he, he's a unique back because he's so big, not the fastest guy in the world. You know, he's not, he's not a four, four guy. If he was, he'd be the number one prospect in the country at his size. 
but what he would represent to Alabama, Luke, is a change of pace. Uh, I mean, he, he's just different than the other backs, and, and, and it's like a basketball team. You have to have everybody bringing something a little different to the table. You don't want five guys who are all exactly alike unless you got five, you know, Adrian Petersons. Uh, but you, you, what you want is, you know, a, a, this guy's a good pass catcher. This guy's your home run hitter. This guy's your move the chains guy. He's a move the chains guy. Uh, he's a third and one guy. But the thing is amazing about him, Luke, and because this is crazy, uh, even at his size, and even though he's an old fashioned fullback, uh, he has outstanding hands. When when Meridian's high school seven on seven team would travel the South playing seven on seven football. Daniel Hill plays wide receiver because hmm. uh, he catches the ball that well. That's that's freakish for a kid at his size. He's going to be – he will be a 230-pound running back in the in the SEC. And, you know, just FYI, maybe we said, hey, we play South Carolina in Tuscaloosa in 2024, so you can either play with us or play against us. One of the two. Maybe that's oh, here's a comp for him, by the way. A lot of people want to say and, – and, and I mean as a compliment. I think a good comp for Daniel Hill is Jalston Fowler. Uh, I'm sure a lot of. I'd now, love know, another nudie. Yeah, I know people will remember him. Yeah, but Jimmy, he was a fullback, and he was the last fullback we ever had. We didn't play with a fullback. I was like, no, no. We would play with a Jalston Fowler all over again because we would use him differently. We would use him sometimes as a fullback, sometimes. But I think in today's football, Jalston Fowler would be a running back, and that he would get the ball uh, situationally quite a bit, and. I think situationally, Daniel Hill would be a player immediately for Alabama. And I think by his sophomore, junior year, year two, year three, maybe later, uh, he can, he could become an every down back because he catches the ball. So he's a threat outside as well as the uh, as good as he is on the inside run. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with more, hopefully some practice reports. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.